0: Hello, Monetization Nation. Mark Morris has a Harvard MBA, is a university professor of business management, worked as a consultant for Bain & Company and Deloitte, and has consulted for more than 100 companies. Mark had the opportunity to assist with the marketing and communications for the Salt Lake City 2002 Olympic Games. It was projected to be the worst Olympic Games because of a bribery scandal. This scandal was having a huge effect on the credibility and monetization of the Games. Sponsors were not wanting to be associated with the scandal. In this episode, Mark shares how captivating storytelling helped save the 2002 Olympic Games. He also shares his insider story of helping create Burger King's viral subservient chicken campaign. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. So I'm joined here today by Mark Morris. Mark is a Harvard MBA. Uh, he has done consulting work through Bain Company and through Deloitte. Uh, he is currently a business management professor at Brigham Young University, Idaho. He has run a consulting practice and helped more than 100 different companies uh, grow over the years, and uh, we feel very fortunate to have him join us on the show. Welcome, Mark.
1: Thank you. Well, great to be here.
0: Okay, so Mark, uh, I sent you a list of, of these uh, tectonic shifts that we're talking about in this Monetization Secrets book. Uh, before I start asking you questions, are there any uh, specific stories you would like to share uh, that come to mind from the, that illustrate those principles?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, there are a couple that uh, came to mind as you were as you were uh, uh, shared your information, and I was thinking about what, what might be interesting to people. I, I'll, I'll share uh, three uh, that you know I feel greatly blessed and um, to have the opportunity to be a part of. Uh, the first one uh, actually happened. Uh, right around 9-11. And so I was in the city uh, and on 9-11, I, I remember, you know, I was with a CEO client who came out of uh, his hotel and said, you know, I saw, I saw the whole thing, uh, the um, um, second plane made a beeline to the, to the, to the second tower under attack. Uh, and that, that, that's kind of a, an interesting story in of itself. But but that the day before uh, the the Olympic Committee, the Salt Lake Olympic Committee was uh, in town looking for places uh, for the Olympic flame to rest over the Christmas holidays, and I had an opportunity to be a part of that that Olympic Games. Uh, you may or may not recall it was it was projected to be the worst Olympics in history because of uh, a scandal that had kind of broken out around uh, bribery and the games and all the things that go along with sports that are. Kind of ugly, and it kind of erupted. And um, you know, Mitt Romney came in, and uh, he, you know, helped clean things up. Uh, but one of the things that was most interesting about um, uh, that process, as I as I worked uh, with them and in, in trying to help do that, uh, is the focus. And um, as we talk about connection, and we talk about you know, uh, people's passions. I mean, I don't know if there's more uh, passion that could be expressed than, you know, in the Olympics and someone being so dedicated to their sport yes. and, you know, literally, you know, spending their life and giving their life to, uh, to be uh, an elite athlete. Uh, and as we, as we talked about what should be the focus to try to move things away from the scandal and move things away from uh, what, uh, what, what had become uh, the focus, um, the thought was, hey, let's let's really focus on the athletes and their story. Uh, let's talk about them overcoming. Let's talk about them, um, you know, being able to persevere. Let let's really focus on who the athletes are, what they're doing, uh, and uh, it's not about me. It's not about uh, mid. It's not about whomever. It's really about the the athletes and connecting with them and their stories. And as we did. That as we talked about, that uh, things really did shift uh, and the, the sponsorships did come back. And it was, you know, projected to be a terrible Olympic Games, a flop, uh, everything in the negative. You know, you could, you know, as you looked at uh, the headlines around the Olympics, is all about the scandal before the Games. Uh, but after the Games, there was uh, a definite change of the profitable Games. Uh, it was said, you know, one of the best games ever. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with this focus on connection and telling, telling that story around the, the athletes themselves.
0: So what was the role you played in the Olympics?
1: So, I, I worked at a, a communication marketing firm and um, our, our role was to help, you know, market the Olympics. And, you know, we did the, uh, the torch relay. We did, you know, uh, the work around the messaging for uh SLOC, the uh, Salt Lake Olympic Committee uh, and work uh, with, uh, the leaders there to help, uh, make sure those successful games.
0: Nice. And so you believe that in the, in the aftermath of a scandal that was destroying the credibility of the games, that stories focusing on stories of the athletes was one of the secrets to success that helped turn around at Olympics and helped make it be such a big success.
1: Yeah. And I think that you know, um, it, it's interesting how a new cycle goes. Um, uh, you, and you can, as you continue to dig, you can constantly find you know, negative things to focus on. Uh, but giving people uh, hope and uh, focusing on what the Olympics really is about uh, in terms of uh, their performance and them doing so well is, uh, is I think, what, uh, what carry, c- carries the day all the time for the Olympics. Uh, and I think that, you know, if we would have, uh, kind of taken a different approach, um, you know, it, it, um, it, it could have always been the focus and it could have been, uh, you know, uh, prior to that, for example, you know, other, other winter Olympics had, had been in the negative and in the, in the red, uh, in terms of their profitability. And, you know, obviously, you know, with the Olympic Games sponsorships are really big and what sponsor wants to be associated with, uh, with scandal uh, but uh, but if you uh, if you can really um, tap into what people really connect to these stories of of overcoming and hard work and uh, diligence and effort, uh, I think uh, I think that's really why why people watch the Olympics often anyway, and and we just were able to I think um, make that a highlight instead of just a, a part of the overall overall story.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. I've heard people refer to the scandals of that Olympics, but and, and that there was some bribery involved. But honestly, I can't tell you what any of those scandals are. I don't know what any of those scandals are. and don't know any of the stories behind it. But I do know how I felt when I watched the Olympics. And I do know the, you know, that I was very moved by the stories that were told in that Olympics. And um, I, I, I think it's it's neat how it it would have been very easy for the communication strategy of that Olympics to focus on how we did wasn't wrong or what it wasn't that bad or was this person's fault or it would have been very easy to focus on defending the negative and instead you focused on something completely different and connecting through the emotion of the story.
1: That's right. So yeah. uh, I thought that was a, uh, as that was an interesting story. I thought my, might be uh, useful from a connection perspective um, as you talked about video one of the things that I I thought of that uh, that also might be really uh, an interesting story to, to think about um, there's a um, a campaign uh, that I was uh, able to be a part of when um, when we I work with Burger King uh, and the campaign was to launch their uh, new chicken sandwich so uh one of their top sellers was uh, a chicken sandwich that um uh, from the, the, the terminology of the food industry was kind of chewed and glued. It uh it, it wasn't whole breast chicken. Uh and so they they were launching this new chicken sandwich, and uh as part of that, uh they wanted to uh present this message uh that is unique to Burger King, which is to have it your way. Uh and so in order to do that. Uh, there's uh, thoughts around having a person dress up in a chicken suit. And the chicken suit wasn't a cartoony type chicken. It was more of a realistic looking type chicken. Um, and so he was recorded doing those things that was done in you know, maybe an afternoon. Uh, and then it was put on online. And people would type in commands to this chicken to have the chicken do things your way and that went viral Um, and it was uh, something that I remember taking the chicken to the subservient chicken to you know Fox News uh, in uh, in in New York you know one one morning so that uh, he could do things for them so that they could have it their way or or you know later that night we took him clubbing in a stretch uh, stretch limo SUV uh, in the cities of New York and It was amazing to see how many people connected with him, having it your way. Um, But the interesting thing about that, uh, that is, I think, a nuance is that the people thought that they were interacting with the chicken live. Uh, They thought the chicken was just waiting there for their command. Um, And a lot of people thought that, although he was just pre-recorded. uh, But that um, it's, uh, I, I looked it up about a year ago, it's, it's still in kind of one of the top 10 marketing campaigns of all time.
0: So one of the concepts I talk about in the book is, um, the very first tectonic shift I address is connecting with customers. And one of the principles or one of the secrets of of that tectonic shift is, is that hard times, challenging times are the best time to connect with people. Um, And you look at this 9-11 situation, it was, you know, the worst terror- terrorist attack in history, and the history of humanity, and it it created a more unified tribe of Americans, right? It It created a connection because of that challenge that we went through together, and we've all been through hard times together, right? We all have gone through that really hard class in college, and, you know, that group of you know people that we we got through that with right it built a relationship or or that summer camp or that whatever hard thing is we did in our life it it's a we've got to look at it as an opportunity to to create deeper connection mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that
1: you know i um i i love that uh i i love the fact that there's a there's a kind of an explicit recognition of we all go through our times, which I think true of of anyone that I've ever met uh at at any you know social, economic, racial level. Um and um I think that as I as I've interacted with people, uh, for example, at business school, there there is this this um kind of gauntlet we all go through and that, that binds us together. As families, I, I think sometimes uh, we we think about the hard times, and if we only dwell on the hard times, it, it can become crushing, defeating, and and cause us to be hopeless. Uh, but if we if we talk about our resolve and how we work through them together, it can it can be really binding um, to an, an amazing degree. I um, I wasn't thinking about this story. Before you uh, brought this up but i 'll share with you if it 's helpful uh, what made me actually go into business was a hard time um, my uh, and and what made me go to business school and there there are lots of contributing factors, but when I went into business school, one of the things that I was thinking about was hey when my when my when my parents uh, went through an economic downturn because my you know my my dad he had his own business, uh, we come from a a line of entrepreneurs, lots of cousins and uncles and uh, coaches and others that had their own businesses. And uh, he went from having lots of business and lots of opportunity to having very little. Uh, And a lot of that was predictable and could have been, he could have been warned if he would have understood the economic principles that were at work. I, I remember sitting in a class in my, in at BYU where our my economics professor, Dr. Curl, he just he just walked us through uh, uh, what happens to the small guys when big guys enter the market. And as he walked me through that, as he walked the whole class, I say me, you know, this is a classroom that holds 900 people. Nice. <laughs> so as he as he walked us through that, I, I just thought, man, he just he just performed a magic trick. He it like like off of a, a television show. Of a psychic you know that you're watching that says hey let me let me tell you about your past and your future he, he it just it just felt just like that because of the predictability of if you understand these laws or the the these tectonic shifts that you're uh maybe referring to uh and and so as i as i sat there and listened i thought man i, I need to understand this better and so, fast forward when I when I applied to business school, I specifically talked about how you know I had this experience that that really you know, shook up our family and was really really hard. And you know when I when I, for example, worked during high school is because you know I, I need to help help uh, provide for the future. Uh, it wasn't just for extra money in the pocket. So um, it 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 really it really was a a change in our in our family. And, uh, and affected me greatly and made me want to want to help others uh, understand these principles, which is one of the reasons why I thought, you know, hopefully at some point in my life, I'll be able to teach or share uh, these things with others. For
0: sure. So what we can learn from that is when our customers are going through hard times, when our customers are going through a pandemic, when our customers are are going through a, a job loss or something like that. If we can be there for them when they're at their lowest spot, they're going to be loyal to us forever, hmm. right? It's a it's an opportunity to, I'm not saying it's something we're deviously doing to take advantage of someone. I'm just saying be there for people, right? It's the lo- this law of reciprocity that it, it comes back around to us.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that and I, I recognize we're not trying to be opportunistic. Um, but I, I think that your point is that based on the principles of your company, hopefully these principles would say such things as uh, we value um, our customers beyond the dollar, especially during hard times. And so for example, you know I, I was with two executives the day of 9/11. And they got on, I think they, you know, they, they couldn't fly. Obviously they were, one was from California, one was from Utah, uh, and they rented cars to get back home and they drove back home and the car company said, Hey, don't worry about it. We got it.
0: Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, and you so remember I'm, that you don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Can you think of a company that has done a really good job of connecting with their customers?
1: well you know for me i uh and this is me speaking outside you know i i've not done work for them but i i thought that um i remember coming home from um you know doing missionary service and um Where did you serve i served in detroit nice. uh so uh you know did that christian mission uh and co- I, before i left uh there was uh there was not an internet, uh, and we were using DOS. And afterwards, um, we were using there was the internet, there were GUI uh, inter, inter, interface. And someone said to me, "Hey, let me show you the internet." I was like, "The what?" Uh, and they and sat out They showed the same
0: me. As me, yeah. They
1: they took me to Alta Vista and Yahoo. And and I thought, man, this is amazing. Uh, but you fast forward and, uh, all of us use Google. <clears throat> so for me, one of the, one of the companies that have done a great job with that is Google in terms of, Hey, they created not just a way to search, but a full business model that said, Oh, well, let me connect you on the back end and let me show you how to use Google AdWords and let me show you how you can see what people are searching for. And, um, and so there's this whole, you know, uh, gig economy-based uh, work that, that uh, is a, a new, you know, being a, 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 an AdWords analyst and specialist wasn't even a thing, right? I mean, that's a new category. Uh, yeah. And I think that they've done that by, by you know, connecting with the customer as well.
0: Yeah. So they did a really good job of connecting with the customer by providing value. They gave us amazing quality search results for free, right? That was the value. And then they figured out how to monetize it by putting the ads on it. And we didn't mind the ads because we got so much value from Google that it was, it was worth the trade. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you think of a company that has done a really good job of establishing credibility with their customers or marketing through credibility?
1: No, you say that. And the first thing that comes to mind is, is the New York times. Um, And I, uh, you know, whether you like their politics or not, (laughs) I, I think, I think they've done a good job at saying we are the standard. And, um, you know, I and I, I typically will, you know, look at the Journal and the Times just to kind of see a balanced approach to the news. Uh, But, you know, I, I think they're, you know, from you know, things that are quoted, uh, you know, uh, on, the, on the floor of the, of the Senate to other places, I, I feel like there's a lot of credibility there. And they have a brand that, that says credibility. Uh, and, and, I- and they work hard to maintain that brand.
0: That's right. And as a result of that credibility, they've established a paywall recurring revenue business model, unlike, I believe, unlike any other newspaper out there. I believe,
1: mm.
0: Yeah, I believe they have the, they generate more revenue from, their, their paywall, recurring revenue from their paywall than any other news organization in the world. Do you think that's accurate? I, I,
1: I don't know if that's for sure, but I, I, I believe that's incredibly that that's what I think of when I think of.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the last one that I want to ask you about is recurring revenue, um, where it seems like every major company today has been trying to shift their business model from a one-time transaction to a recurring uh, business model. Can you think of of any great stories or examples of co- companies that have done a particularly good job of that?
1: Well, I, I think in general, uh, the software industry, you know, moving from, Hey, I used to buy a disc, uh, to, you know, software as a service, uh, is, um, is something really to, to think about and behold it. This is a very common business model, right? I mean, what, what, basically what you're saying is instead of, uh, you know, make, having a transaction, I want to become a utility. That's what you're saying. That's right. Uh, and and so this 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 business model is old as old as water. You know, buying water or gas or electricity from from um, you know GE say potentially. Um, so the thought of having recurring revenue is very very common. Uh, but to say, hey, how can I make my business so that it it uh, enables that. Um, is um, is something that I think you know. lots of companies have re, rethought and reconsidered.
0: Thank you so much, Mark, for sharing your stories and secrets with us. To connect with Mark and learn more about his consulting services, please visit the blog post for this episode to find a link to Mark's LinkedIn page. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, when we face a scandal or other crises, Using great storytelling to build connections can be a powerful tool to shift the focus away from the scandal to something much more positive. Number two, when we are in the midst of something negative, it is often difficult to just remove the negative. That leaves a void and something has to fill the void. Often it is much easier to make the negativity go away by focusing on replacing the negativity with something positive. Number three. When we can create marketing campaigns that our target audience feels are personalized, like the subservient chicken campaign, it can greatly increase our ability to connect with that target audience. Number four, we should look at hard times as an opportunity to build deeper connections. When we are there for others through their dark times, it can build loyalty that lasts a very long time. If we desire monetization we have never before achieved we must leverage strategies we have never before implemented. I challenge each of us to pick one thing that has resonated with us from today's episode and implement it to achieve our monetization goals. Who do we know that is going through a hard time right now? And how can we be there for them during that hard time? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.